I'm sorry that I missed your party. I wish I had a better excuse, but I can't even lie, you got me. I was busy thinking about boys, boys, boys. I was busy dreaming about boys, boys, boys. I was busy thinking about boys, boys, boys. Let's get ready to rumble. Welcome to Aya versus the big boys. Tonight's fight. A Nightmare on Elm Street. Hello and welcome. My name is Kevin Cookman, resident big boy and ringleader for the matchup of the century. As you very much know, we are struggling in a global pandemic. Most of us working from home. The side effect of that, a lot more free time to catch up on media of all shapes and sizes. We all have movies we know we should have seen by now, but just haven't. Call it the canon. Call it the IMDb Top 250. Or call them... The big boys, the pinnacles of cinema, maybe the most explicitly patriarchal artistic medium of all time. It is time for a bro movie beatdown without any further ado. In today's episode and every episode, watching today's film for the very first time, I am joined by the titular prize fighter herself. You can't haunt her dreams, she only haunts yours. Aya <laughs> Lehman. <laughs> Stay spooky, buddy. What's going on? <laughs> oh, good. That's a new that's a new catchphrase. I have days. no idea what I said it. It just came out. <laughs> <laughs> Stay spooky, kids. Good, good. Hey, my spooky <laughs> friend. How's it going, Chief? Oh man. Uh live and alive, buddy. We are knee de- no, shoulders deep in horror movies this month. I was gonna Can say we're pretty deep, we got- buddy. <laughs> We got one week left. That's crazy. Oh, that's sad. I hate that. Let's keep going. All right. Uh, Halloween November forever, is October. baby. Let's do it. Halloween kills. Halloween never ends. Halloween kills. Let's go. <laughs> did you watch Halloween kills, Kevin? Oh, I sure did, buddy. Kevin, you liked Halloween kills. You thought Halloween kills killed. I thought Halloween kills uh, slaughtered. <laughs> Uh, here's my question to anyone who does not like that movie. Uh, you watched a film called Halloween Kills. Let's just look at that noun to verb combination real quick. Let's just really look at what that title is. Zero sense. (laughs) Makes no sense. I have no idea what it even means. I feel like that's a clue. I feel like it's a hint. (laughs) It's a hint that it makes no sense. And that it should not. (laughs) And, and that you are watching Michael Myers murder 27 people. You should just shut up and clap. Shut up and, 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 and shout and cheer. I did think those parts ruled. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, like those parts are great. I think this movie made no sense. <laughs> and, that's, and that rules. Like, it's so fun to watch my fucking girl, Kyle Richards, like oh God, yeah. outsmart Michael Myers ruled um michael the lord of the rings thing yes wow okay nerd alert uh we we watch the we watch uh uh michael myers prove himself to be a a 60 year old man and he's homophobic surprise (laughs) oh man is he is he homophobic he kills the men and then he like gently leaves them in each other's arms which i was like you know what 
that's kind of nice, Michael Myers. It was probably the the kindest killing, mm-hmm. you know, like in the in the grand scheme of how he slaughtered people. I think he literally the, he, crammed yeah. a man's body into a crawl space and had yeah. it hanging out. And you're like, he literally had that teen boy, like, oh my in, god, that, that teen was boy. fucked up. That was Whole, good. I didn't even know what was happening. Right? You're just like, what? And then he had the gay couple in each other's arms. I loved that. I was like, you know what? Ally. Ally. The only person that goes in an easier fashion, and this is also Michael Myers being a woke king, is uh, when the the black nurse runs up to the car. Michael Myers simply kicks the door into her pistol and she shoots herself in the head. Genius. Genius. A genius kill. Easy, get out of there. Number one, number two, the gay couple. Uh, I the Raytheon float is going to be at Pride. I want a Michael Myers. Float <laughs> Michael Myers at float at Pride. So like, <laughs> I agree with you. Like this movie, like like the the kills in this movie ruled. Like it, it was just like it was just total nonsense. But then but then they were like, um, mob mentality is bad, and you're like, hmm, <laughs> is well, it? Bad? I think. <laughs> I don't know if it's like trying to actually say something. I think it's mostly just trying to make a joke out of the fact that people are so caught in a frenzy over Michael Myers that no one can do shit. Like he is, he can not only like rip you apart limb from limb, but he is such a scary presence that everyone turns into a gorilla. Like nobody can do any smart thing. And in, in a weird way, it makes the meta text of the slasher film into the pure text where you just see people <laughs> legitimately go insane Lose and it's all function by the story. I just thought it was so funny the way that they were like, like, I love Miss Judy Greer and they have Miss Judy Greer with the, the other killer, the other guy who was like yeah, the yeah. other prisoner. And she's like, you are going to kill an innocent man. And it's like, okay, but he was also in the like heavy duty lockup with what did Mike. He, do? Like, he was with Michael Myers in prison. You're not, they're not putting a guy who was like maybe wrongly accused. They're not putting a guy who maybe had like a, a weed charge in the, in the prison transport with Michael Myers. I'm like, Judy, you just saved like a rapist. Yeah, I, I I was kind of the only part of that movie that kind of sucked was that in that scene where she's trying to console him, he doesn't walk up to her, smile, and then eat her face. Right? I'm like, this man should like have like one taken bite. his dick out and slapped her with it or something. <laughs> like, like, like that that to me, like that sequence where you're supposed to feel sad that this like again, like I know that not all prisoners deserve to be prisoners, especially like a life sentence. Maybe needs like that's not necessarily like. A proof of their wrongdoing but like again <laughs> but- same prison transport as michael myers <laughs> like there's no i don't feel sorry for that man like clearly he was up to something he sh- I, I like that would be the only truly like otherwise i'm like whatever but that would have been the only saving grace for me if they were like no no, no this guy also sucks and you're an idiot <laughs> That would have been awesome if just all of a sudden the movie just has two killers on the loose. They should have. They should have done that. Where they were like, That's okay, this idea. guy is a killer, but he's actually not as bad as Michael Myers, but he is still a killer. <laughs> and like maybe they all were like celebrating the fact that, okay, well, we caught this guy, so we can obviously catch Michael Myers. And then womp womp. Well, look, in, in, in other big boy news, Aya. 
Kevin. Happy Dune Week. Oh, it's Dune to Week. You. Well, a very happy Dune Week to those who celebrate. It's Dune Week. And also, this, this is one of the big weekends. This is when I think everything was supposed to come out and then everything moved out of the way because they thought that it was still going to be a bad pandemic. Uh, Jackass Forever was supposed to come out. I think Last Night in Soho was also supposed to come out this day. Yeah, it got pushed like a uh, week, right? It did, yeah. But we do have uh, the new Wes Anderson is coming out tonight. I'm going to go see it. I thought it was next week. No, that's this week. It's in. It's at the fucking Burbank 16. And you didn't get me a fucking ticket? I don't know. You You're always busy. I, fan. Every fake time friend, I'm like, oh, I am. Do you want to do something for the show? Oh, do you want to hang out sometime? I'm like, no, oh, I'm going to a, a cemetery screening. You've never asked me to hang out. How fucking dare you? How dare well, you? You never asked me to hang out, you fucking, you fucking uh, uh, pig. We hung out two days ago. So? <laughs> <laughs> What's your point? <laughs> I can't believe this. I'm so hurt. Well, it's probably an extra seat. Let's go find another day. screening. Let's find another screening. I don't know. Do you even like Wes Anderson? You probably didn't even want to watch it. I love Wes Anderson. I've seen all his movies. Well, look, look. I, I bring this up mostly to say, yeah, we got some some real big boys are all coming out in a real flurry this month and the next month as well. Some of them will be reviewing on this very show uh, the week they come out. Uh, like next week, last night in Soho is going to be our big episode blowout for the end of October. Hell yeah! But for a lot of other things, don't you worry. We have something planned for the end of the year—a big boy roundup. We'll be talking about everything that we possibly missed in a supersized episode. You're in safe hands. Don't worry. Delete the email draft. You're good. I just can't believe we didn't cover the last duel on this podcast yet. Oh. <laughs> Here's the thing, you would, going into it, you think it's going to be a fun episode, and then you watch the movie and you realize, oh, maybe this is not the most fun That'd episode. No, my, I was <laughs> telling, I was like trying to convince my friend to see it with me last night. I was like, no, I really want to see Last Duel. And she was like, oh, yeah, okay, maybe I, you've convinced me. And I was like, okay, just warning you, it's very violent. And they show the rape scene twice. And she, all caps, why do you want to see this movie? Honey, I'm the most toxic girl in the world, and I love Matt and Ben. <laughs> You see, you ruined your plan that way. And folks, that is why we should abolish all trigger warnings. Content warnings are the death of art. Let's get them out. Scary, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to October. I am very spooky conservative Kevin. Conservative Kevin. Your alter ego, conservative Kev. Libertarian mode activated. Kind of a hilarious bit. Let's 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 put that on the back burner. <laughs> oh man! Look, uh, speaking of being placed on the back burner, we watched a film today with a severely burned antihero. Some may say, some may say uh, a villain, uh, and some may say a uh, baby daddy. Uh, Aya, you met Mr. Freddy Krueger today. Today you met Freddy Krueger. Speak on this anti-hero baby daddy <laughs> uh well uh baby daddy in the fifth film uh the dream child uh, i think he spiritually impregnates somebody and they are now the whole plot of that film is that they need to make sure they don't give birth to to the new freddy uh which hmm. okay uh and then anti-hero <laughs> i mean you you know about what do you know about the nightmare on elm street franchise so when i was in like third or fourth grade freddy versus jason came out Mm. And that movie was the talk of the town. I'll just never forget sitting in science class. And I'm like 10 years old. And the chatter amongst like fourth graders about Freddy versus Jason was insane. Like that movie was everywhere. I don't even remember. Like they just had like a really insane marketing for that movie. 
And now that I've seen both pictures, I'm like, what? I mean, I guess I haven't seen any of the Jason Voorhees movies. I've only seen the first Friday the 13th, which is, as we all know, not Jason. I don't, I don't, I don't see the through line here, except for that they both have like a lot of movies about them. Does Jason become like, okay, because I was reading some of the synopses of other Nightmare on Elm Street films and Freddy is hilarious in this movie. Kind of. He's like kind of funny in this movie. He's playing with his food. Yeah, when he, ooh, the phone, and he licks her, mm-hmm. I scream. Um, but then I heard he gets a little more serious in later adaptations. Particularly, Freddy? yes, I read in the, uh, what is it? An, a New Nightmare or whatever, the one where he starts to terrorize like film sets, that there was some criticism that he gets, becomes a little more serious, and they were like, we don't want that. Have you seen Freddy vs. Jason? Freddy vs. Jason has truly fascinated me since i was a teen but i was like i don't think i could ever bear watching it but now i'm like i could definitely watch freddy versus jason <laughs> you could definitely i mean freddy versus jason is obviously like a, a pinnacle of like mid-aughts horror uh, it's like that it's like the paris hilton house of wax yes of course There's a lot of like shit that is like legitimately quite awful but people are trying starting to find like the same 80s slasher charm uh in that era of films which i am not quite uh, holistically there yet uh, but I can kind of see the argument for it but Freddy vs. Jason is just like it's a weird movie uh, have you seen it yet or is no, it I just been it something I, oh, I, 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 like, okay. I like obviously like I always think about it around this time of year and I'm like we were so obsessed with Freddy vs. Jason it might have actually been yeah I don't know but um because well, they marketed it as like an action movie as yeah. well like yes. it's a horror event but it's also this blockbuster event and it's kind of seen in all of the kill sequences as well. Like it has a lot of like violent decapitations and Freddy's like holding up teen guys heads and slashing people's guts open. But there's also like there's a scene I remember where like Jason Voorhees swipes at this one girl with a machete and bangs her so hard against a tree. But you don't see any like she doesn't get cut in half. There's no like real blade impact. But the biggest thing is it's just a really hard thunk and then her nose starts bleeding. And it's like, that's unpleasant. This is a really <laughs> yeah. sad, unsettling thing to see. This is not the over-the-top camp shit that I was promised. Yes. And that's kind of like how I look at that film, where it's like, it's a lot more bruiser mode than a lot of the other films that those two characters were in before. When you were a kid, how were horror movies treated? Like, were they usually uh, like a talk of the town type of thing? Or like a, like a, see, a whisper, whisper, I saw this at night? Like, no, like we didn't... That was not even discussed, but everyone was talking about Freddy versus Jason. Like that Weird. marketing team was doing God's work. Cause I just remember it, everyone, like no one could stop talking about Freddy versus Jason. It was just so weird. I just, I just remember it being a really big deal. And I think I even remember asking my parents, like, what is the deal with this thing? You know, like what is going on here? Mm-hmm. It's one of those movies that's just always, it was just like such a mystery to me as like a 10 year old who like wouldn't even try to see it. Like, there's no world in which I'm even attempting to go see Freddy versus Jason. Like, I didn't want to. I probably would have, like, avoided looking at the poster even. But, but just well, in but general, horror movies, I, like, we didn't care. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. No one really spoke of them. But when you were a kid, you knew who Freddy Krueger and Jason were. Yeah? I think I found out because of Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> Interesting. So, not even, like, going into Halloween stores and you would see, like, a, a repeating face or just iconography it really was freddy versus jason that did it isn't that weird (laughs) i think i was just so scared that i was like i don't even want to look at that you know i don't even want to think about this i can't even look at like movie covers for nightmare on elm street or costumes and stuff like i couldn't even engage i was so scared 
So then like moving forward, obviously you start seeing more of these characters. They become like synonymous with like putting a sheet over your head with two holes yeah. and calling yourself a ghost. Like, yeah. It's just, these are two of the key American monsters. Uh, when you were growing up, obviously horror has never really been your thing until recently, but would, would, did you ever have certain feelings seeing like a Freddy Krueger glove at a spirit or, <laughs> or like a, a hockey mask in, in any pop culture? Uh, fear. <laughs> What more can I say? I'm I was such a chicken growing up. Like I still kind of am, but like as a child, I was really, really, really just like petrified. I and I love Halloween, and I always have loved Halloween. But as a child, I loved like the Disney fied Halloween. You know, like that's what I was going for, as opposed to like, like just like the color orange. I mean, you know, it really does something. I think it speaks volumes. (laughs) Color orange does. Um, Yeah, no. So like, even seeing like the hockey mask i would freak out i would just be like ah like i can't i was just like a really creative child that sounds such like a humble brag of like i just really created <laughs> okay but my brain would just okay. i was so creative in my anxieties and very a few other places <laughs> where i was just like if i see a hockey mask i'm gonna freak out all night you know i ask mostly like what horror movies were to you as a kid and with surrounding kids because i know like when i was like in let's say third fourth grade horror movies were almost a uh like a folk tale type of thing yeah like i remember sitting in a circle and everyone would kind of recite a scary scene as if it were like a scary story what? to tell in the dark what? like i remember someone telling me the plot of amityville horror like the ryan reynolds version oh as if it was like a campfire story and then i would tell everyone the scene in signs where the alien walks across uh, that two houses uh, in the found footage segment. Like everyone had their own thing that they would recite to everyone. And so you would, I, I never watch horror movies, but it was always a thing that like, I liked to scroll HBO as a kid. Okay. And like, I wanted to like look through all the movie channels and see what was happening and like get as much as possible when nobody was looking. Uh, and accidentally, sometimes I would catch a glimpse of a horror movie and it would fuck me up. But I knew, okay, it's not, I, I can't let it just fuck me up. I need content out of this. I need something. I need something to bring to the boys. The boys uh, are going to so have to hear do. about this. So I, I had a, a slightly different relationship with horror growing up, but all together, like, yeah, I, like, whenever I saw Freddy and Jason, I would like, I don't fuck with that. I don't want to touch that. That is movies, movies that were not made for me. And will never be made from exactly me. No, exactly. You. When I was like, oh God, how was how old was I? For some reason, my brain says fourth grade, but I cannot imagine that being possible. But I think it was like fourth or fifth grade. I'm in fifth grade. My mom was out of town, and my dad rented The Grudge for me. <laughs> <laughs> why would he do I that? No, I still don't know why. But why it was like, did he when did do the gr- that? When did The Grudge come out? 2004 2004 yeah so it was like truly fifth grade fifth or sixth grade and like a I year sh- after freddie versus jason all in quick succession everyone here. is talking about the grudge everyone was talking about the fucking grudge it's like everywhere parodies of the grudge are everywhere and my dad's like i guess maybe i asked i was like maybe we can see if i can handle this and i couldn't i watched the first scene in which I believe Bill Pullman like jumps out of a window and kills himself after having a grudge situation. I have no idea. I've never seen more than that. And I uh, like got up and turned it off. And then I watched, and then my dad made me rice aroni and I watched comically while you were sleeping, which also stars Bill Pullman. 
what in the world, man? This, you're in a your simulation has uh, been glitching for a while. It seems like <laughs> literally endlessly. Uh, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, horror movies were never made for me as a like. No, no, ma'am, not for me. Did you know the concept of a nightmare on Elm Street? Um, I guess I learned it more recently. Okay. So you dodged a, a giant bullet. You may have had all the other anxieties and traumas, but at least you didn't have to grow up as a child knowing that there was a monster who could kill you in your dreams. <laughs> and let me tell you, buddy, when little Kevin watches a glimpse of Nightmare on Elm Street on Cinemax one day. <gasps> oh, no. It's oh, the scene, no. I, th I think little it's Kev. when Nancy, it, it's the school nightmare, and she goes into the boiler room, mm -hmm. and you just see the shadow of Freddy just constantly, like, clack around. And <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It's, a lot, it's kind of funny today and very goofy, but just the concept of her being back into a corner and not knowing where to go, and also understanding that she's just sleeping right now, like, she doesn't even have full agency as she's about to get slaughtered. Uh, it did not do great things for me. Uh, I had nightmares for several days after watching that scene. Oh my God. And I would always be fearful that I would once again have a Nightmare on Elm Street type nightmare. Oh, uh, we're no. not. I don't know if it was Freddy that was haunting me or if it was like just the idea that like, oh, there are actual stakes here. I thought yeah. this was a nothing matter zone. But now I have this idea incepted into me that, oh, maybe this all does matter. This sucks. This ruined <laughs> dreams. Thank you. So I actually, I, I saw clips of it when I was a kid, and then I didn't have the bravery to watch it in full until three years ago. Wow. And so I, I, it was a big, uh, big cross off the list. That's uh, huge for you to cross it off up. the list. Yeah. It's just so evil, man. This, I mean, Wes Craven's an evil fucking dude. Yeah. He, he looks at what's the most peaceful way to die. In your sleep? Okay, let's make no. it the most violent. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I was like looking through his filmography last night, preparing myself for the question, how many Wes, Wes Craven films have you seen? I almost said Wes Anderson, hilariously. Uh, how many Wes Craven films have you seen? And I was going through and I was like, oh, this man has actively made at least two films that I like will never watch. And those are... Oh, that's right. That's right. Those are uh, Last House on the Left uh -huh. and Hills of Eyes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Which is fucked up. Like, that, man, that man's two first movies are so disturbing that I've seen trailers. I, like, I literally, like, I was watching uh, Eli Roth's show, and Bill Hader talked about Last House on the Left, and I had to skip through. Because I didn't, like, I watched the, <laughs> this is dark. I watched the episode, and I listened to the podcast. <laughs> I, and when I was watching it, I literally was like skipping. I was fast forwarding. I couldn't even see like vague footage from that movie. That movie that was fucked up. Like that's like a, that's such a hard no from me. Hills Have Eyes. I could probably be talked into it, but Last House on the Left. I'm never gonna watch that movie. And it's the same guy. I mean, I feel like it's pretty obvious. I don't even really have to ask why you wouldn't watch those movies. I I know a lot of people that have seen. Uh, they're as like seasoned as I am, and they're also like, yeah, I'm just never gonna touch those. I'm okay with never having those in my purview and they're not uh completely wrong uh i think I, whew, man oh man we're fine off on all cylinders uh wes craven is a weird guy yeah he is a, a master of horror a godfather of horror he is one of the legends of the entire genre i respect him mm -hmm. i don't 
like his movies very much at all. <laughs> uh, he's and, a like, cute pro- guy. He's like a cutie. He is. Well, because he's like a little, he's like a demure like teacher that turned into a film director. Like he was just a regular professor that was like, oh, okay, let's get into this little filmmaking game. And then like makes Last House on the Left. <laughs> That's so <laughs> fucked. Those two films aren't made in succession. Let me, it's Last House on the Left and then a full length porno and then The Hills Have Eyes. <laughs> that, those are the first three, in fact. He goes, he makes the fireworks woman right in the middle, which is a very uh, dramatic incest porno. So that's, you know, okay. I guess you got to make a buck in the 70s, and making he's exploitation in however throat. you can. He's in Deep Throat. He, he's friends with the, the exotic uh, adult actors, you know? According he's, to he's, uh, Wikipedia, Craven left the academic world for the more lucrative role of pornographic <laughs> film director. <laughs> uh, yeah, which also why Last House on the Left was a bit more taboo in that people thought it was actually porno. Uh, it is all simulated, uh, every uh, heinous act that happens in that film. But it's also, like, it's just nasty. Like, the movie is not well made. Hills Have Eyes is even worse made. Uh, and, like, Last House on the Left is also, like, it's grimy and it's scummy. And it's also having a lot of fun doing it. Like, the soundtrack in that movie is, like, this bluegrass banjo. Like, the whole time, while, like, every shitty, awful thing is happening. And it's, like... You don't know if this is like, I mean, in Nightmare on Elm Street, he has like a whole sonnet from Hamlet play during one of the most over the top dream sequences. Obsessed. Like it's one, he's one of those guys that like puts a lot of like intellectual thought into his trash, but also is just kind of making trash. Yeah. I think that's why those first two scare me so bad is because they're so low budget, which is like the fear I feel for um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We were like, oh, right. These are just like people doing this to each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting I, I, paid like, like, <laughs> like 15 bucks a day or something. <laughs> it's weird. The Hills Have Eyes next to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's like a pretty worthwhile double feature only to see how badly you can make a movie. <laughs> like they are basically on the same budget level, same experience level of filmmaker. But Texas Chainsaw is, it looks like, like uh, a Palme d'Or winner next to Hills Have Eyes. Hills Have Eyes Ooh. is like legitimately does not work. Like it is, <laughs> it is garbage. No, no, it's, it it's, is bad. <laughs> and it's like why like a lot of the remakes to his movies are kind of, uh, the Hills Have Eyes remake at least is kind of very good. What? Because you have like an actual competent filmmaker using this incredible concept that Craven just can't really pull off all the way, whether it be budgetary or like his own imagination. Oh, sorry. Craven uh, <clears throat> was a birder in 2010. He joined Audubon, California's board of directors. What? What is it? What? What does that mean? Um, a birder. He was a birder. Yeah. Like a like a, he had like a like cages of pigeons. No, like he would go out into the wild with binoculars and do oh. bird calls and like. And so Audubon is a society that like protects birds. Oh, it's like bird conservation. And you see, that's the thing. We'll talk a lot about Wes Craven today and what he can and can't do. But I'm you, in love can with you, him. Can you not love him? <laughs> I'm in love with you him. You just want to fucking squeeze him. He's a sweet boy. He's kind of hot. 
Okay. All right. Let's. Sorry. Let's, let's calm down. Let's, <laughs> let's calm, calm down. down. Uh, to move back for a quick second, Freddy Krueger basically becomes an anti-hero because after Nightmare on Elm Street 1, what the deal was for this film is that Wes Craven could basically write it himself. He could do his movie, but he's signing over all the character and franchise rights to the producer. And the producer, after the hit, hit success of this first one, was like, okay, let's make five garbage ones where he is, <laughs> Freddy Krueger is only the wisecracking funny guy. And then uh, that's, you know, that's all she wrote. And then Wes Craven comes back for New Nightmare, which is his test run for Scream. It's, do you know what New Nightmare is about? Yeah. Okay. So it's like very much <laughs> the test run for Scream. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Wes Craven just goes about and then has uh, one of the best 90s runs that any director financially could ever have. And uh, yeah, bada bing, bada boom. That's Nightmare on Elm Street. And then there's a remake that came out uh, 11 years ago. Uh, bullshit, awful, nobody likes it. And now it's just I know, uh, I saw a franchise that. in limbo. I saw that on HBO Max and I almost watched it on accident. <laughs> I don't think I even knew that a remake came out. You didn't fucking, you weren't a ride or die for your girl Rooney Mara in 2010? Where were you, huh? Where oh, were you? she's in that. She plays Nancy. No way. Now I want to watch Rudy it. It's Mara <laughs> versus Jackie Earl Haley. Okay, it's odd because Robert England definitely could have done it again, but eh. and Michael Bay produced it. Yeah, Michael Bay was big into producing the horror remakes too. Like in 2009, he does the Friday the Thirteenth remake, which is also uh, pretty uh, much maligned. Are you a? Do you like Scream? I'm I'm kind of neutral on. I think Scream Two is better, like oh, way better. Oh, okay. But it's it's kind of one of the main things with Craven for me in that Scream is like it's so similar to a Nightmare on Elm Street where you can tell that like this is a director who wants to like make analogies to like Shakespeare and other great forms of literature and like photosensitive eye fuckery, but then he also is like for some reason really really wants to put in camp when he doesn't have to <laughs> and i'm like okay buddy i think you can do one of these things really well could we just do that one thing <laughs> just once no bitch <laughs> and he Give says me no camp let's craven <laughs> i like that <laughs> you're you're a scream fan i like scream a lot okay well here, here's the thing this is the only time we're ever really be able to talk about wes craven you've seen the other big boys I don't think Hills Have Eyes uh, and Last House on the Left are really big boys in the grand scheme of things. It's Nightmare on Elm Street and it's Scream. And Scream. Like, you have seen his two big hubba bubbas. I've seen Scream and Scream. I just saw, I saw, I like in college, there was one morning in like October maybe or September where I was like, you know what? I me watch a little horror movie for myself. I think I can Ooh. handle it. And then I watched Scream by myself. I, like truly at like... At probably like 11 a.m. on a Saturday, and I was like, this rules so hard. I had the time of my life just like by myself watching a horror movie. And then I took a horror movie class in college. That's why wow. Wow. that ruled. Um, yeah, so I love Scream. I saw Scream 2 for the first time this summer at, at Synespia. <laughs> this motherfucker, dude. It was fun. I love Laurie Metcalf. <laughs> And I, is this, there else this like, I like the first one better. I'm sorry. I think two is good too. Don't get me wrong. Um, mm -hmm. And Timothy Oliphant is in that, and he's so sexy. Um, you know, maybe Wes Craven just has an eye for cute boys. 
Okay. And let's speak on that because Wes Craven has okay. an eye for cute guys. He started Johnny Depp's career, basically. In Introducing this Johnny Depp. Yeah. And then he has, oh my God, Matthew Lillard and Screech, whatever his last name is. Is his name Screech? Oh, <laughs> Skeet Ehrlich. That's it. <laughs> Matthew Lillard and Skeet Ehrlich. Ehrlich? Er- I'm. <laughs> I need to look this up. No, you don't. You don't need to look this up. (laughs) It's Ulrich. Skeet Ulrich. God. Star of Riverdale. I have to look it up, Kevin. (laughs) The Riverdale heads will come for me. Uh, They're so hot in that movie. Sorry. Anyways, that's my point. They're so hot in in Scream. Bill Pullman in in Serpent in the Rainbow. Some what? some David Arquette in the Scream. Oh, he's cute in Scream. Uh, Timothy Oliphant, like I just said, in Scream too. Cute boys. Wes Craven cute girls, knows them. Uh, I don't. I mean, Courtney Cox is so hot in those movies. It's like unbelievable. I I I, I can't. I mean, Nev Campbell and 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 Rose. Oh, what's her? She's a weirdo. Rose now. McGowan. What's her fucking name? Rose McGowan. Tough. I know. She's hot in those, though. She's so fucking... Oh, my God. But Jesus I feel like he does Lord. a good job of picking, like, a homely girl as his, like, final girl. Yeah. Nev Campbell <laughs> really is notoriously homely. She does have a homely vibe in that first one. And kind of the second one, too. Yeah, let's go watch them. Let's go leave the pot. Let's go watch Wild Things, Aya. Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... Do the cutie boy? I mean, look. Let me ask you about the cutie boys in a sec. What did you think of Wes Craven's 1984 George Orwell Nightmare on Elm Street? What did you think of this movie? Did you like this fucking movie? Yeah, it ruled. It rules. It rips. It rules. It was awesome. It was so good. I loved it. I liked it. It's better than Friday the Thirteenth. Are there any good Friday the Thirteenth movies though? No. Okay. Okay. Then that's not like a thing. Okay. Why is that so iconic then? Just because of the hockey mask? It. I know is... we did a full episode on this and I could just go yeah. re-listen, but, <laughs> but yeah. now that we watch more and more, I'm like, what were people thinking? I Look, I, I think uh, it's one of the very rare franchises, like, uh, like a James Bond, where you go to it and you know exactly what you're going to get. Okay. And what you're going to get is some stabbing, some titties and uh jason Voorhees uh maybe doing a jump scare or two so you can hold your date and uh i'd like fail to go down on her afterwards in the parking lot and it's really like, that's e- I guess all it's like, you need i guess it's like something that speaks to a good horror movie is having a really easy halloween costume and that's like the this easiest too. halloween costume you could ever think of is just like a hockey mask Michael Myers, easiest Halloween costume, just to get a jumpsuit. I mean, it's it's like it, it's it's these are fast food franchises, and you know maybe a Nightmare on Elm Street kind of turns into that, but you know if everyone else is McDonald's, maybe Freddy Krueger is uh, Five Guys, The Habit, uh, the one habit. of those other <laughs> chains that kind of sucks and is overpriced, but but it, it, higher quality ingredients is the point. I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was so good. I had the great time of my life. You know what's funny though. I fell asleep watching this movie. <laughs> oh, no. <sighs> the whole movie, they're when, like, hey. When did you fall asleep? I was like in and out. But I like, I watched it all. But I okay. was, but when I first started watching it, I was in and out. And I started falling asleep. Um, and that's no commentary on the movie, by the way. That's not at all a commentary on the movie. I could fall asleep during literally anything. 
I was just really tired, but I just thought it was so funny that I was watching this movie where they're like, <laughs> they're, they're terrifying you out of falling asleep. And I was like, go a little sleepy. <laughs> Dozing off a little bit here. So, oh man. So, okay. I thought you opened the, the box before. You really opened the box now, buddy. But Call did me watching this film... In and out of bouts of slumber, <laughs> add anything to your viewing experience. I think it just made me um, um, sleepier. Because <laughs> okay. she looks so sleepy. <laughs> and they're like, you have to sleep. You have to sleep. And I'm sitting there being like, I got to stay awake. What are you talking about? <laughs> you're fucking, you're, you're Glenn in that scene where he has to stay awake. And he's already passed out at 11.42. It's like the one time she's like, please stay awake for me tonight. Okay. No, it's fine. Uh Glenn is so sus this entire movie. And I kind (laughs) of want him to be like, I want there to be an issue with him at the end. But instead, Mm, he he dies in like the lamest way. (laughs) You think that's the lamest way? The the pool, uh, the bed of blood? Yeah, I thought there were cooler ones. That's crazy. I think that thing is so fucking dope. That's fine. Uh, you, well, uh, uh, Lots of blood doesn't upset me. Even in The Shining, I'm like, that's, uh, it's fine. It's just blood. <laughs> yeah, but it's, like, it's cool. Oh my God, that's a lot of blood. Think of how much liquid, the metric volume of liquid. <laughs> think of how much. Th- there's so much blood in that Johnny Depp scene that there's no way there's that much blood in the human body. Exactly. That's why it's not scary because I'm like, okay, so where's this blood coming uh. from? <laughs> Jesus Christ, this fucking Scrooge. This movie did this not. Halloween Scrooge. This movie did not scare me. Okay. At, like at all? At all. No. And I watched it with my noise canceling headphones on at night alone. <laughs> okay. All right. I feel like that definitely speaks to the legacy of this film. Okay. Speak on that. Well, were you, was. Since you had really no knowledge of the rest of the franchise, right? Yeah. That really then just means that your perception of Freddy Krueger wasn't marred by the fact that in pop culture, he later became a comedic, in-your-face, sort of like a Jay Leno figure in horror. (laughs) Uh, You didn't really have that context, so instead... What you went through was a scientific experiment that proved that this movie perhaps has not aged gracefully. Mm, maybe so. Mm. No, I don't, okay. I, mean, I don't think that's true. I would almost agree with you if it was true, because this is a thing that happens to me with the two Wes Craven big boys, where I watched this when I was like eight, and I had my life ruined. And I watched it again when I was like 20-something, and I was like, I, I watched it and I was like, oh, I thought I was a smarter eight-year-old than this. <laughs> I thought I, I didn't know that this would have been the thing to break me. Uh, and then the same thing with Scream, where I saw clips of it when I was like 11. And I saw like the, the I, I thought the opening scene was one of the most upsetting, scariest things I had ever that seen. That shit's scary, though. That shit is scary. It is, but then I watched it again when I, I wanted to give the film a fair shot when I was like, maybe like, let's say 19, and I was almost upset that it was funny. Oh. You know, like, I was, I was kind of just like bummed out that this 
one of the most terrifying, like the Rose McGowan death scene where she gets hung by the, the garage That's door. Scary. It's scary as fuck. But then I go back and watch it when I'm like a bit more seasoned and I'm like, God damn it. I just want to cut out the comedy because this, I remember how this made me feel. Like I saw the trailer for Scream 5 or whatever they're calling that. Uh, before I saw the last They're duel just this calling week. it Scream. <laughs> They're just calling it Scream. Great idea. That's never backfired on anyone. So stupid. Uh, and I, I was watching it. And I remember like, okay, maybe I, this is the first time I've ever seen Ghostface in a theater. I wonder what that image is going to do to me in, in like the third row of this prime theater. And it did nothing. It did, I remember that face being so fucking spooky. And then I see it in, in, in the big box and it does nothing to me now. Mm. I'm I'm bummed. I, I feel like he, I don't know what it is, but I feel like we both had a Fred Krueger experience with Wes Craven, where like suddenly I'm like, oh, I we we had the same dream. We had the, we saw the same thing. <laughs> Scream is scarier to me than this movie is. Uh, hands down, yeah, yeah. Scream scare. Well, I mean, I think that, again that speaks to like what actually fear what we are afraid of. Like Scream still scares me. I thought uh, Scream Two was uh, not that scary, but Scream Scream One still scares me yeah. because it's like a real person. Like that. Like that, like that's a, that's the scariest thing to me. And to an extent, okay. And that's what I had an issue with again with Halloween Kills. Oh no. Okay, not to make it about Halloween Kills again, but like Michael Myers was so fucking scary in the first movie. He's so scary. Halloween scary. Like this is a scary movie, you know. But like he's a real because per- he's a real person, and you just know that he just like. He doesn't care. He just wants to kill. He just like he's so angry. There's like this anger and this need to kill. But now that it's gone on for so long, there's this like weird. They're trying to make him. They're trying not to veer into the science fiction route. But like, how else can you explain it? You know, they're like, oh, he's just like built to kill. And the more he kills, the stronger he gets. Like as like they're trying to make it like lore and like, you know, like, oh, he's like a like a mythical creature. But it's like, okay, well, you're about to go science fiction because this character cannot die. Well, yeah, I mean, motherfucker, it's Prince of Darkness. It's the church in the and in the basement. There's a big vial of green goo. And then Donald Pleasance goes, this goo is actually Satan. And you just don't... Qu- it's like, oh, okay. The, but the they're green not goo doing is that. Satan. But they're not doing that. They're just saying this like... This is true. They're just There's like... There's no Donald Pleasance. They're just like, okay, he's... Like, they're not going... I'd rather them go like full... <laughs> basically camp and be like, <laughs> okay, here's his deal. Like, I would literally rather there be like an ancient scroll that Jamie Lee Curtis <laughs> has been protecting than them kind of like, like they're backing, they're they're trying to keep it too serious and they're like yeah. backing away from it being like, like an actually weird fucked up thing where they're like, oh, he just has to keep killing. And like, so when he gets back up and ki- spoiler alert for Halloween kills, when he gets back up and just like fucking slaughters the entire mob, which was iconic, and I was hooting and hollering, like I want there, I want that to be a bigger revelation of like, no, no, you don't understand. He's like a creature. He's a druid god. Exactly. Like, give me something insane as opposed to just like, no, he just can't. He can't die. And you're like, why? Well, he gets stronger when people uh, when he kills, and it's like, but why? <laughs> but you just said a. a- you said a few weeks back that you've been watching all the Halloween films, right? I made no progress, so don't ask me about that. <laughs> okay. Do you care about being spoiled at all? No, go ahead. Okay, so what you've explained, mm-hmm. that is what they do. 
that that is the original run of the Halloween movies. There's a whole cult aspect in like the fifth and sixth one. Okay, but didn't they, the didn't they reverse it? Well, yeah, with the with the David Gordon Green one, and they made it okay. This is just gonna be a sequel to the first Halloween. Fuck all the other lore. The the sixth movie that has Paul Rudd in it. The whole thing <laughs> with Paul Rudd. One. Yeah, well, Paul Rudd is literally a cult member that wants to like. B- Michael Myers is an undead being of evil that is killing everyone. I don't know what their goal is to like drown, like drown in blood in Haddonfield, Illinois. But that's you're explaining what they did that's already. That's awesome. Why don't they keep that up? Why don't they do that more? <laughs> give me, give me that. Okay, I'm gonna watch that after we I hang think, up. But like, okay, I think they will. I think they will. I think I the third think one they're gonna will. do it because I don't they, think they will. Think about how everyone does a reboot nowadays. You don't want anyone to watch all the other movies that lead up to it. You want everyone in China, in Taiwan, in Australia to like only have to watch one movie and just start from scratch from there. I swear, if Halloween ends doesn't have the cult shit in it, I will, I will, I will bend over and bite my ball. <laughs> you hear that? Just one. <laughs> one ball. One single ball like that, in my that mouth rules so hard Shop. and it just i mean like i'm basically doing because i've seen the first one obviously as just like a establishing presence mm-hmm. and then i watched the what, what was the last one called halloween 2018 can, can how are we gonna loop this back to craven just okay. before we go yeah the reason we, why we I, blew, I brought that up and why it's bothering uh-huh. me so much is because i am not afraid of like a supernatural being like that I'm not afraid of Freddy Krueger because it's not real. Um, and I've had scarier dreams than that. And that's why I am scared of Scream. And I am scared of the original Michael Myers because I'm like, okay, these are real people. This could happen. I think Scream also really works for me as a scarier film because every kill in Scream feels like Tina's death. In a nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, Tina's she's, death she's, rules. <laughs> where she gets flung around the entire room and you just, you can't do anything. You, you just can't stare at it, her yeah. getting obliterated and it hurts. There's a pain. You can feel the blades enter her body. That's how Scream functions. Like every stab in Scream, you can feel the sting. You know, there's, yeah. there's a penetration to that movie that is like endemic to the whole sexual nature of horror and the meta text of all that and then of course it's speaking on that that's like the genius part of scream i will definitely give scream that all day um but yeah nightmare on elm street even in this in this very first film it veers further away from like ouchie that looks like it hurt into like pure explosive uh cartoon mayhem like it ends i don't know how a movie that has the tina death scene Ends with uh, Nancy's mom getting sucked into a door window. <laughs> obsessed, I don't know obsessed how those exist the in the window. same space. I loved that. I was like, I loved that so much. I love that the second the hood comes up and you see the colors, you're like, there it is. <laughs> and that's my biggest issue with Freddy Krueger is if he came for me, I would just be like, honey, what are we wearing? What is this look? I, I, he would not make it. I would bully him, which is how you actually kill him. <laughs> Like, well, again, uh, did you also maybe not find this scary because it reminded you too much of it? I was I was thinking it. Uh, you and know, how that, that's exactly what I was thinking. Those two movies completely rip off this entire franchise's lore. 
They're like, okay, so if you actually bully them, bullying does work, in fact. (laughs) And I love that (laughs) bullying works. (laughs) Yeah, that was kind of a... It is crazy the plagiarism at play there. Like, it's absolutely wild. Is that what happens in the book? Oh, and it did come out. And the It novel actually did come out after (laughs) Nightmare on Elm Street. I would not be surprised. (laughs) I really would not be. Because it's the same fucking idea like these are both stories about collective town traumas about how the kids are paying for the sins of their parents uh there's a weird creepy faced uh iconic villain monster who is haunting every kid and then they all convene and go hey i saw the same thing did you yeah i did and they all like every scene is like its own little dream sequence oh did it really happen like it's it is to a fucking T. It is shameless. I love the reveal, especially because it it like didn't happen a long time ago is my favorite thing. That like the reveal is that the reveal of like the mom's involvement. Yeah. That it probably happened like five, ten years ago. <laughs> like it wasn't <laughs> like, oh, when I was a teenager, this happened to me too. It was like, no, no, no. I actually saved your life. Mm-hmm. by fucking murdering this guy who was terrorizing our town. I love that. They ruled. And I, and that, I love that she kept the, the hand, which the I was glove. like, hmm, maybe we don't do that. Maybe that's like his talisman. I'm like, let's not do that. <laughs> so did that aspect uh, work for you? Uh, like, what, I, I just want to say, like, in terms of like the it comparison, so we can put that to bed, uh, I am so grateful that in it chapter one, it takes those little brats like 80 minutes to come together and say, hey, did you see the creepy clown? Yes, I also saw the creepy clown. In Nightmare on Elm Street, it takes seven minutes for them to sit in a living room and go, oh, we all saw the same thing, right? Right. And then now the movie can actually start doing all the cool shit. Thank Christ, more movies just get to your point in seven minutes. I like, I like, I like very much. The funny thing <laughs> I know I've seen it a lot. I really don't like it. I think they're bad. I think they're like really, I mean, I've only seen the, the new movies, the Andy mm. Machete films. I think they're so bad. I think It One is one of the worst movies I've ever had to sit through. I remember watching <laughs> it in fucking Dolby and being like, this shit sucks. I hate this. And I did like the kids. You know, I'm like anti-kids in a movie. I like those kids. I think they're really cute. And they have like such good uh, banter. But like, fuck, those movies suck shit. They're so bad. The graphics are terrible. I hate to look at every aspect of those movies, except the graphics are terrible. Are, are you, you're such a gamer. You're such a fucking gamer, dude. I hate the graphics. I hate looking at... I hate every frame of those movies except Bill Hader. (laughs) So I like... I think think that actually added to my enjoyment of this because I was doing the It comparison. But I was like, oh, this actually rules. And I do love that they... Maybe it's because it's girlies who are having the dreams and girls are like, hey, this horrible, creepy thing happened to me. And another girl's like, this horrible, creepy thing happened to me too. Whereas young boys are going to be like, I'm too cool and chill to talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So much better. This movie was so much better than It. It sucks. Stop lying to yourselves. (laughs) People, Kevin, that has the biggest September opening of all time. Actually, I think It Chapter 2 overtook it one in terms of biggest september openings because people love it chapter one so much and that movie fucking sucks i am maybe you really were scared by freddy krueger because you definitely seem to be evading his evil presence uh why what do you do you have a question about freddy (laughs) krueger 
going to retitle the episode Halloween Kills plus It Chapter 2. <laughs> <laughs> you know I died to talk about it chapter two for a full. This episode. motherfucker Freddy Krueger is inhabiting our dreams in a metaphysical space. I just like don't even know what to say about this movie because I thought it was so. We are fun. pushing him out. It was so fun. so efficiently. I don't know what to say about it. It was such a good fun out. movie. Be gone. I don't have I don't have an interesting take about this movie. I just thought it was really good. I loved I loved the lore. I loved her. I thought Nancy was incredible. I love her. I love it. I love a small town thing. I, I thought it was so fucking good. Their houses are gorgeous. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Beautiful real estate. <laughs> is, this, is this L.A.? Yeah. This movie has, like, truly everything that I uh, look for in a film, and I had a great time. It's 90 minutes. There's beautiful real estate. The, the girl's adorable, and she's, like, not dumb, which I love. I mean, like, there's kind of, like, a in the beginning where you're just kind of like, hey, baby, don't fall asleep. Stop falling asleep. Please stop falling asleep. And then when she finally realizes it, you're like, whew, okay, we're on one. We're good. I love it. I fucking love this shit. I loved that fucking first death scene was so good. I love the switch out, which he obviously does in Scream as well, of like, you think this is your final girl because you're introduced to her first. And then, bye. When you, when you, and like, just like the feeling you get when you hear them, right? Like, just like absolutely fucking in the other room. <laughs> Loudly. Where I'm like, no teenage boy has ever performed this well, ever. <laughs> oh, Rod. <laughs> And there's like the the sinking in your stomach of like, oh my god, she's gonna die. Tina's about to fucking die because like you can't you can't hit it that good and live in one of these movies. <sighs> Love that shit. Love it. Loved it. Loved it. A plus for me. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. Thinking back to it, that that teen boy could hit it so good that she somehow slept. Is uh, she like passed the cr- fuck out? <laughs> Probably the most fantastical element in any Wes Craven movie. Yeah, he's he's hitting it so hard. She's like wailing. I mean, like, I know that like most people kind of over exaggerate, but like, I don't know, she sounds like she's having a great time. And I love that Johnny Depp is just like, please God. And that first scare where you see him coming through the ceiling. I was so I, that that was like the scariest part to me in the whole movie. I mean, it's just really she, like, good the practical ceiling. shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Like, it's just people, like, using, like, rubber walls and, uh, like, Tina's death scene, that shot in, like, a rotating room. Like, they did the Inception shit. They had, like, oh! a huge, like, a, 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 everything was nailed down, and you just have these guys with, like, ropes and, like, pulleys just rotating the whole fucking space. Love. And that's how they eventually do the, um, the Johnny Depp death scene where all the uh, blood gushes out. That room is just upside down. Everyone is, like, Wes Craven can, like, is sitting upside down. <laughs> oh, it's so oh. cool. Well, I mean, that's what happened is that at the very end, like they didn't account for the added weight of the water in that set. <laughs> so what you see in that scene is literally the entire mechanism tipping over <laughs> and like it caused like a whole blackout. Uh, apparently it hit some lights and so it electrocuted the guy that was pouring the blood. Uh, Wes Craven was stuck uh, upside down for 20 minutes like, it was a disaster, that scene. That's like, awesome. That's It's awesome, but it's also, like, kind of endemic to, like, what this movie is, where this is four years after The Shining, and it feels very much like Wes Craven That's is a crazy. guy. <laughs> yeah. Is a guy who, like, saw that and was like, oh, I want to make things in that similar vein. Like, there's a very similar color palette. There's almost, like, a very similar dreamy aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, obviously, this is about dreams, but, like... I love how in the at the beginning of this film, like he's using like those fade to black ellipses to kind of 
just move us ahead in time. And I wish the movie did that more. But I guess the, the point I'm getting to is basically Wes Craven is a guy who has very big Kubrick and ambitions, but he has like 80 slasher producer yeah. <laughs> budgets to do this. And so like there are these incredible ideas in this film. And like this is a, a film about like teen girl hysteria in the suburbs, biblical reckonings of like molesters and under a religion that famously protects molesters. You have small town lynch mobbing, generally no peace for any of the youth in the 1980s. And yet, you know, all these things are in this movie. And I don't know if it's maybe because of Wes Craven's abilities or just just the, the time crunch that they were on to make this. But everything is in a complete B minus execution that it's like this is technically not a great film by any means. But to me, it's like it's done so much for me that it's like a family member. It's done. It's committed traumas to me and now i love it i feel like this movie accomplishes everything it needs to and everything i think it really does accomplish everything it wants to i don't think that as much as he is like a kubrick head who wants to like give you he's serving so much i think that like ultimately he i don't think that there's any i think he's doing exactly what he wants to do i think he is i think he just wants to give you this like high camp that like ultimately you'll think about and be like wait what the fuck <laughs> like like it's insane that you never see the mom and like these other people like not a single flashback. No flashback. That's crazy. And the, and the, the fact that like all she has to say is like the, you know, the lawyers got fat and the judge got famous because like, you know, that's like a huge issue in our justice system of like these cases get like huge publicity, but like the fallout in these small towns is like endless and, never solved and there's no attention paid to that whatsoever and there's no like additional like they still have the same <laughs> you know like police teams involved <laughs> without any updates or anything like that so like i but i think he has this like dirty camp that he wants to serve I, and i think he's doing exactly that and i love that shit for him like he, the guy who makes these movies he doesn't like so as much as I think he as I think he's like interested in, in Kubrick, I don't think he wants to serve you anything that highbrow. I think he's genuinely like, here's my fucked up little horror movie. Enjoy. Have fun. I directed pornos and now you're getting my fucked up little horror movies. I love I love it. I like I think that's to me, I'm like, this means more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, Craven's like a weird dude because I've I've seen the the good ones. You know, I've I've kind of run through all the things that you should see, and the only things I really have left are the B, C, and D sides. I've seen 10 of this guy's movies. I do not know what his deal is. He is uh, in a completely escapable presence for me. All of his films are like kind of similar in how they are sort of like Carpenter movies and how they're sort of like, they're indebted to like these wide establishing shots and then sometimes you cut into like a really expressionistic close-up or something. And they're all like somewhat dreamy, but mostly grimy and kind of like so self-involved that there's no other movie that exists outside of the movie that you are currently watching, which miraculously also includes Scream, which is referencing like seven movies a minute, and yet you never feel as if you are outside of the world that he's created in that movie. And yet, I don't know where he stands on... He brings up many issues. I don't know where he stands on literally a single one. <laughs> uh <laughs> He seems like he's a guy that wanted to use the medium to really proclaim shit. 
I'm, I'm just, I'm dubious to him only having the camp aspirations. You know what I mean? Because there are so many smaller elements to him that indicate that he has like an inkling of something else. And I'm just curious as to what compels you as a prolific filmmaker to only ever, ever provide inklings and never go full hog on any of these concepts. You know what informs me to Wes Craven? <laughs> He, for the film uh, Perry Jatem, did you ever watch that? No, but I know, yeah, he did a segment. Wes Craven has a segment. And I was like, okay, because I know that there's like a really fucked up like zombie segment. And I was like, is that Wes Craven's? Like, what is going on? No, Wes Craven's segment is about a couple who gets divorced. And like, they're discussing their divorce or whatever, or, like their breakup at Père Lachaise, which is a very famous cemetery in Paris, which where we're like... It's where Jim Morrison is buried. It's where yeah. like a ton of famous people are buried, including Oscar Wilde. And the ghost of Oscar Wilde appears to the guy and helps him like win his girlfriend, wife, whatever back. And so to huh. me, Wes Craven writing and directing a short involves Oscar Wilde. I'm like, I know everything I need to know about this man. And I love him only more. What a fucking freak. I love that shit. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it, actually. I fully get it. <laughs> like, icon of camp, Oscar Wilde. I'm like, all right, Wes Craven, I get you. I actually get you. He did that, like, he did, like, a short film for, like, a TV series for Disney Channel. Like, I don't know. I get it. <laughs> and I fucking love it. All these things, I'm like, yeah, that's actually my shit. I love to be, like, have a little spooky segment on Disney or, like, ABC, like, World of Disney or whatever when I was yeah. little. Love that Oscar clicks. Wilde. <laughs> I'm like, all making sense to me, babe. I guess, look, I, let me just lay out one scene and let's see where we both land on this. That, I think the best scene in this movie is when she has the nightmare at the school and she sees Tina in the body bag and she runs out and she sees the body bag get pulled and then she goes in the boiler that, room. That's like the scariest moment in the whole movie to me is watching the body bag's legs lift oh. and get pulled. That's scary. <laughs> That whole stretch is so fucked up. And like when he cuts open his titty and all the maggots come out. Love. Like it's just, it's really inspired horror imagery that is almost entirely ruined by that one gag with the hall monitor. Wearing the, the sweater and you're like, Wearing no. the sweater and then she turns around and it's Robert England's voice doing that. How did you feel about that moment? Um, I thought it was funny, but I was like, okay, you know, I'm like, oh, cute. I'm like, I, I kind of liked it, but I wasn't, if I was like in the theater, I wouldn't be scared by it, you know? Cause like the second yeah. that you see, but maybe that, maybe that is a testament to this film's iconography where like, I know the color sweater Freddy Krueger's wearing. I've known that for my, for as long as I've known of the existence of this film, you know? So, like, seeing any character in that color pattern, immediately I'm like, okay, so they're going to do a little bit here, you know? So, I was, like, not, I was kind of like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah. oh, that's funny. It, it, it's very cute. And, like, this is a movie where, like, Freddy Krueger's, like, face is uh, horribly fucked up. Like, in that boiler room, like, before Nancy burns her arm to wake up, he's doing, like, the tongue wagging. Like, it's very sexual. It's, like... It, the movie hardly brings up that he's like a, a child molester, uh, but then there are a lot of like very overtly sexual moments that the movie doesn't like give you a chronology of when Fred Krueger was necessarily uh, like killed. But like the implication almost if you keep watching the film 
is that he's going back to get the victims that he never had a chance to get. Yeah. Like he had you know, a list. Yeah, and it's it's fucked. Like it's just it's so fucked up that I feel like almost the campy elements are intruding on what could be like a truly evil, demented film. And I mean, I'm very satisfied with the end product, but like there's something about just how dark this is implying uh, its depths will go that I'm just like, motherfucker, just 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 take out your hog and do it. Just do it. Don't tell me you have a big dick. Let me see the 12 incher. But I like that he does that because then it wouldn't it would be too disturbing and not scary if he did. If he went full hog, as you say, because that's the thing about Scream as well. Where like Scream is the entire plot of Scream is predicated by a scene we never see where mm-hmm. her mom is brutally raped and murdered in her home and she discovers the body. And she then discovers that it was performed by like her boyfriend. Yeah. Like that is the most fucked up shit in the entire good goddamn world. But they keep the rest of the like the thing light enough and goofy enough and teen centric enough that like you kind of proceed not thinking about that. But then like but that is what scares me at the end of the day where I go home and I'm and you have that moment where you're like, oh, my God, wait, hold on. Like that's what because they don't even say it at the end of the movie, you know, but like then you're like, oh, shit, wait. That's what happened. And when you start putting it together in your head later is what scares you to me is what scares me more. We are like driving home and you're like, okay, so like you're driving home or you're like eating fries with your boyfriend and you're like, okay, so Freddy Krueger was like a child molester in the area. Yeah. Oh, but but the situation didn't happen a long time ago. Like they were the kids that he was going after and they just so happened to live. And like this town has been so traumatized by it that they're like hiding it from the current kids who are alive. And they and the most fucked up part is that they have a like a childhood rhyme about that guy who was fucking murdering their classmates. So I like like to me, like that's scarier than actually being like, and guess what else, kids? Like in the movie, like I want to be left with these like these like implications of true actual horror rather than being just like, here you go. That's scarier to me. You have seen uh, one of maybe the five most iconic, famous, prolific horror films ever made now. Okay. This is it. You watched A Nightmare on Elm Street. You watched one of the definitive horror movie big boys. Has this viewing opened up the genre to you in any way or just the greater landscape of 80s filmmaking, of influences throughout the decades of what you watch today? Has this become has this opened itself up as a your text in any way or was this just a fun 80s goofy ramp uh, romp? Um, I mean, you know, I love <laughs> to a fault i love 80s cinema baby it means the world to me i've written many academic papers on it i love 80s movies so much and i'm glad to have finally watch this one like this feels like i checked off a really big freaking check box <laughs> box um yeah i do think it i it really informs like I don't, like like this was such a huge hit like it can only inform all of horror for the next like 10 years after it like 10 15 years you know 
And to this day, I think that everyone is always yearning for because I do think, as we've just been discussing, he has this great balance of like true horror and like true camp. And I feel like that's what we're kind of circling back to in this era right now. But like, it's hard to nail that down, you know, it's hard to accomplish that. Yeah, well, like the 80s camp came from like a very genuine, like not genuine, like it was also tongue in cheek, but it was. I mean, it's the source code, and I feel like what we do right now isn't finding what camp is in 2021. It's trying to replicate 80s camp, yeah, but with 2021 things, which uh, is just, you, you fucked up the recipe. You, you have like a, a cookie that tastes sour, you know? You use salt instead of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just doesn't, it's just like the fall of all of our media right now that we always fucking come back to of like rebooting things isn't good. And I don't know why people think it's good. It makes you a lot of money, but like, has anyone ever felt satisfied by anything ever? (sighs) Well, they make a lot of money and uh, people uh, will very vocally tell you that you're wrong and you're a bitch and you should burn in hell for being a woman. I would love, Uh, (laughs) I would love to see a 2021 nightmare on Elm street. It'd be dumb as hell. I just don't know if I trust anyone to do that. I think like every major, I like, I don't want to see the A24 elevated horror version of this really. I think it would be like, it would be tongue in cheek in the worst ways. Yeah, it would suck The Blumhouse shit. version would be like that I know what you did last summer thing that just premiered on Amazon. Just like, oh, we're Sexy kind of teens. doing 80s, but not. Uh, I just, I, I don't know if there's a single person that could, I don't know if there's a single director right now that's making like dreamy movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. No one's really into the ethereal at the moment. People want to make shit that is strikingly literal and can be turned into a gif. True. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say. Like, you're totally right. I, I mean, like, I genuinely don't want to see it, but I also do. Like, I'm like, what would that? I just want to know, like, I want to, like, I want to look at, like, a CEO's notes, like an assistant, some assistant's notes, like in a development assistant's notes from the pitch meeting where someone was like, what if we tried it one more time? You know, yeah. like, what would that look like? But I just feel like people keep getting it fucking wrong. Like, you know, I know what you did last summer. It like, they just, they just like focus so hard on like the sexy teens, but like, there's no actual chemistry. There's no sense of, like there's no sense of uh, urgency <laughs> in any of these movies yeah. and like and this the- movie is so good because like it's so like like it like she looks bad by the end you know and she's like she's like like her mom's like drinking hard. okay wait we didn't talk about the mom one of the best performances i've ever seen in my entire life i'm so obsessed <laughs> with that character i'm so obsessed the first time they show her on screen where her hair is all done up and her lip liner is so dark i sent a picture to my friend and i was like scarier than freddy krueger <laughs> Obsessed with the mom. Obsessed with the mom. Obsessed with the mom. Obsessed with her. Obsessed with her. Obsessed with the like the the she and the guy are obviously divorced, and you're like, oh duh, I know why. Like they, you know, you find out about like the fucking she murdered Freddy Krueger, and you're like, oh, I know why they're divorced. He's like in law enforcement, and she was like, I'm gonna kill this guy because you can't (laughs) go off, bitch. (laughs) What a perfect character. What a perfect character. Speaking of locking me in a basement and burning me up. That's upsetting. <laughs> I, it is time to discuss who was the hottest 
of the flick in Wes Craven's 1984, A Nightmare on Elm Street, bitch. Now, I, I want to introduce something new to this real quick. I want not only for us to identify the hottest of the flick, as we do every week on this podcast that okay. you can rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share with all your friends. <laughs> but I would like, in addition to that selection, if you have one, share your Freddy Krueger nightmare. What is a nightmare that has been your lifelong hottest in your psyche? What is a nightmare? Okay, that actually set up to be a different type of question. No, I don't mean that. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, my I mean, sexiest dreams. <laughs> cut it, cut it, cut it. <laughs> what is a nightmare that has stuck with you long enough? You're like, oh, I remember this one. This one stuck. Okay. Spooky, ooky, let's go. Okay, so how does the flick, unfortunately... I know. Listen, oh, listen. Oh, no. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. You know, know. I'm an Amber Heard defender. Well, aren't we all? <laughs> aren't we all? I understand. I understand. But unfortunately, this man was my sexual awakening. And um, uh-huh. that's just how life goes. Mm. And folks, Johnny Depp looks so sexy in this movie. It is sickening. Sickening. And like the Tumblr girlies have known this forever with the fucking crop top. That's like if you want to talk about the only imagery I I have ever known from this movie, it is what Freddy Krueger looks like and Johnny Depp in that crop crop top. Because holy shit, hot as hell. Amber Heard, obviously, we're Amber Amber Heard protector. I understand he's canceled. He's not a good man, and that's been one of the greatest devastations of my young life. Uh, But I watched all of his movies when I was thirteen, and I think Johnny Depp is hot as hell in this movie unfortunately but it's true and he has that and Wes Craven saw the charm he saw the charisma and there you go and do you want to know my nightmare now (sighs) let's do it tell me about your nightmare um when I was a child I had a very terrifying nightmare where I was on a date with Will Smith um and (laughs) we were like walking around it was like a Scooby-Doo style swamp basically we were just like on a walk and there was like a pathway And at a certain point, it became very aware to me that we were being followed and I was going to be murdered and I was running away from a murderer and they left behind a purple footprint. And as we're walking around, I saw the purple footprint and then I realized that Will Smith was leaving the purple footprint and he was going to murder me. More recently, though, I had a really scary nightmare that um, charged a woman charged nightmare. <laughs> a woman with long white hair <laughs> was following me around uh, like, a, like, a, like a random city. Like any Ooh. metropolis and screaming, you're a whore, you're a slut, you're a bitch at me relentlessly. And I couldn't get away from her. And she was naked and had long, long white hair. And it was upsetting. Wow. That was somewhat recent, too, where I woke up and was just like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a dream that made you realize you were pot. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I was horny. <laughs> Oh, man. I got to throw some respect on my hottest of the flick. I want to give this man the shine that he deserves okay. for a long and storied history of bit parts in trash movies and consistently delivering me the goods. Aya, as much as I'd love to make Tina's night, and it, look, it's still all ACAB, but I got to go. Oh, yeah. Mr. John. Saxon, this man is a motherfucking 
legend. He's in Black Christmas. He's in the third Nightmare on Elm Street. He's in Argento's Tenebre. Yeah. And of course, he is in Enter the Dragon as one of the main competitors that fights Bruce Lee. This man has been everywhere. And I want him in my dreams. Here He's go. really hot. I completely agree with you. I was like, who is he? <laughs> He he's a he's a face that once you get really deep into like new Beverly type programming movies, he just keeps popping up and popping up. Uh and he's never not just giving as much of a performance as he does here. It's like it's always he's a workman. That man works. Yeah. I and went through his God. filmography and was like, what the fuck? I uh, there's been one dream that I had, I think when I was a teenager or maybe even younger, probably younger actually. That was so visceral. I could smell it. I could feel it. I, you know how in dreams you can kind of skip through time and you don't really understand where you are? This was a real time one. Oh, God, yeah. Driving down like a Route 66 type road, real desert road. We go, me and my family, we're in front of like this. It looks like a donut shop, but they sell like meat confectionaries. We walk in. It's abandoned. There's nothing happening, even though the sign outside says open. Me and my family are all in there. One by one, they go into the back behind the counter where all like the meat cakes are. And I just hear squealing and I hear thuds. I don't know why I had this dream. I don't know why this movie didn't do the same thing to me that A Nightmare on Elm Street did. But I ran into a meat cake shop in the middle of nowhere run by Leatherface and his family. And the whole concept of the dream is that one by one, I'm seeing my family members go into the back kitchen and like Leatherface run around the counter and like have like this video game type field of view. Like if you're like in his, his vision, then he'll catch you. And I'm just in front of the counter because I'm so terrified of scary video games and stealth in video games. I don't know why that anxiety came through where I'm like, I can't sneak this. I don't know how to sneak. I can't do anything. And so there I am trapped in Leatherface's <laughs> cake shop with his whole family eating my family one by one. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there watching it happen. Kind of, I kind of get behind the counter one time and then I'm like, oh, no, no, no. And I kind of get closer and closer and the dream ends right as I get through the fucking door to the kitchen. That is a nightmare that I felt every unwaking second of. I don't know why that happened, but thankfully, all the dreams where I've been fucking are much more vivid. So thank you, God. Hands up. Folks. Hands up to the one beloved true Lord. <laughs> thank you for listening to I versus the Big Boys on the Mary Graham Magazine Podcast Network. <laughs> I, what are you doing Sunday morning? Uh, watching the Packers. What's up? To, to church. God. God. <laughs> I'll be in my church, baby, watching Aaron Rodgers smoke. God damn it. <laughs> wow. Uh, I have never experienced uh, anyone be so I'll squarely be rejected of a bit. Aaron oh Rodgers in my church. Wow. In my church at Green Bay Stadium smoking the Jesus Washington football Christ. team. Hey, <laughs> baby, to my man Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> praise him and won't he do it kevin and won't aaron Rodgers do it let's go <laughs> another it's ring just, baby just just end the fucking show i've been 
emasculated <laughs> enough to try to hit me with a bit about church and to be obliterated by a sports reference. How does that feel? How does that feel, Kevin? Thank you for listening to I vs. the Big Boys on the Mary Grant Magazine Podcast Network. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends. Uh, email us, iversthebigboys at gmail.com. Follow Mary Grant Magazine at MGR Magazine, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. <laughs> Send CJ, our editor-in-chief, a little congrats on his engagement. Donate to the Patreon, patreon.com slash MGRM. That's it. We'll see you next week for I'm going to go um, absolutely fucking insane on next week's episode. So look forward to that. <laughs> don't be mad. Don't be mad. Me, no, 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 no. Darling, I can stop it. Even if I want it. Don't be mad. Don't be mad. Me, no, 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 no. Don't be mad, don't be mad, not like I had a choice. I was busy thinking about boys, boys, boys. I was busy dreaming about boys, boys, boys. I was busy thinking about boys, boys, boys. I was busy dreaming about boys. When I got my tickets to see Halloween, it was so moderately full. Like I had, I like isolated us. I was feeling great about it. We got there, packed in like sardines. Oh yeah. And the air conditioner was broken. <laughs> Where'd you so, go? Santa Anita or 16? Santa Anita. Okay. Well. At the Dolby. Was it like in a, the Dolby was fucked? That's Dolby. Weird. I know. They were like, if wow. you get too hot, we can refund your ticket. I was like, Wait, so wow. you went to go see Halloween Kills, which is streaming on Peacock in a theater with no air filtration. Yeah, it was really great for everybody involved. <laughs> I was sitting, as this, I was sitting there. This is why I don't ask you to do shit. As this is I was why I don't ask there, you to do shit. I was like, I was like, this movie's literally in my home right now. <laughs> I was like, hmm. hmm. <laughs> wow. Uh, horseshit. Uh, never mind. I rescind all invitations. <laughs>